بسم الله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد اللهم ألهمنا مراشد أمورنا وأعذنا من شرور أنفسنا Before beginning a translation and explanation of the surah that was recited, surah al-Infiqar, I want to read a few pages of what has been written regarding a very great sheikh of Islam who passed away today. Many are those who heard his name, they will be those that never heard. May Allah Tubarakullah make that when we read this, it becomes inspirational for all of us. The name of this very great Sheikh is Sheikh Sayyid Mahmoud Afandi. Rahimahullah Rahmatan Wasi'ah. Past the age of 90, Allah Tabarakullah allowed him for a very great portion of his life to do a lot of unique work for Islam in what we call the land of Turkey, especially closer to the land of Istanbul. At that time it was known as Istanbul. Only a person will understand who this man was if you can understand the scene and the condition at the time when he started doing work for Islam. It was nothing like what we saw in South Africa where there's a madrasa in every town, there's a maktab, there's so many darul ulums, there's so many ulama. His peak was at the time when the Ottoman Empire collapsed. On the collapse of the Ottoman Empire, the government, what we call the Kamalist, Mustafa Kamal, they had a plan that in 20 years, and to a great extent they realized their plan, there must be no Islam left in this entire land. It was not going to be thought possible, but they managed to get it. To get to that place, they had to close masajid like anything. Madaris had to close. Ulama had to disappear overnight. In a land which you would have about 80,000 plus in one one city ulama. After 10 years, you would find in those masajid where those 80,000 were once upon a time, there's another 80,000. Another 80,000 who are completely modern in mind, secular in mind, teaching everything opposite to what the first group taught. At that time, there was no one to send a message, what happened to those 80? They disappeared. Militaries were sent to the houses associated to scholars. They would be taken in the night and they would never be seen again. In such an area, era he was growing up. He was at the prime. It was a time when television was being pushed into the markets. And what that day, what we call today the Western world, Hollywood and its friends. Everyone was being told, this is what you must watch, this is what you must love. Going to madrasas, there was no madrasa. It was now nothing but school. And in that schooling system, that child was growing up only taught what is called Western secular. So in a few years time, that very child, if you visit Turkey today, you will find there's one group that loves Islam. There's a very huge group that hates Islam. When you will ask them, why do you hate Islam? The answer is, whatever harm came to Muslims in the world, whatever harm came to Muslims in the world, came because of Islam. 
And if we can learn to love like the West, then again we can become a superpower. The schooling system taught them that. That Salah, Quran, fasting made our hukumat collapse. And if we can dress like the West, talk like the West, behave like the West, allow like the West, then we will re-establish the mighty Ottoman Empire. Up till today they believe it. Because there's a law what is put in the mind of a small child will take years and years and perhaps a generation to change for another teen mind to come. He saw that environment. He saw the children growing up and looking at scholars. We at least have a system at the moment in this country where if an alim walks past, the child doesn't look at the alim with the eyes of disgrace. He might run up to the man and say, make dua for me. He saw the error where if a child had to see an alim, he might take out his tongue at him. If a boy had to see a woman in parda, that you must call a prostitute. So he would run and say, prostitute, prostitute, children would run around. If they would see someone at the beard, at that time they were taught to say, terrorists. He grew up, that was his life. Allah took such work from this individual, such work. If those that had made that Umrah, perhaps it was in 2011, there was a time when at an advanced age, many of his students, they said, we want to make Umrah with you. We all know if you go for Umrah, you go alone. And the most that you will go, you will go with, okay, five people, ten people. You got a very great chef, so he will say, okay, I'll take twenty of you. In 2011, when he made his Umrah, the number that accompanied him for that Umrah was over 50,000. When 50,000 was accompanying one man, you could understand the amount of people he had left behind in Turkey. He started his mission when no one liked to see anyone with a beard. He ended his mission when 15-year-old children while loudly saying, I want to wear the turban, I want the imama. If you had seen the people around him, the woman in their burqas, the men in their kurtas, the man with his imama and tasbih, and you had to think about when he started his mission. When I'm going to read this here, I want me and you to think. We all understand that the condition of the world at present is not going in the best direction. When the announcement was made of LGB and all the other alphabets, it was not something that came in the market just like that. It had been prepared from very, very long. Perhaps the first time when I visited the UK, that can be about now, perhaps 13 years ago, maybe even more. At that time, one of the meetings I had with some friends who worked in a part very like those high, high corporations. So that friend of mine said that the only thing that prevents me taking my promotion, and he said, you know where I work, if you get a promotion, one is you don't stay on one floor anymore. You have to go to the next floor. Like the lift will take you one higher. You're going closer to the heavens. He said, I'll go promotion one floor higher. 
He said, but if you know my salary, how it will jump. He said, those numbers you cannot imagine. Just if I accept my promotion from this floor, and I can go up to this. It's like you say your salary doesn't double, it doesn't triple. Now you can understand what it is. So I asked him, like, what makes you not take the promotion? He says, in our department we all know, whoever is in the floor above us, every one of them, if it's a man, he must be homosexual. If it's a woman, she must be a lesbian. Whether you're Muslim or non-Muslim, you make that journey up to that next floor. He said there is no one important except that they have already gone down this route. So when he mentioned that, I said to him that, you know, Illuminati, you must have heard about it. You heard Freemasons. He said he heard about it. We all heard about it. There was a time when their name was not Illuminati, not Freemasons. Their name was the Knight Templars, Templar Knights. That's the first time Masjid al-Aqsa was taken over by the Christians. The Christians took over it, then this group came, they were called Templar Knights. They were a group, we won't call them Jew, but they were behind the capture of Al-Aqsa. We will call them the agents of the devil. They knew why they came, they knew why Aqsa was taken over by the Christians. They were behind it. They went to the king of the Christians, now who was the king of Jerusalem. And they said to him, we want to look after the compound. Because we fear the Muslims will attack the Christians. So the king said to them, what will I have to pay you? He said, no, we don't take pay. He was so happy, who works for nothing? They said, we just want our place there in the front. They wanted a place because they wanted to start digging. And there's a very long story about them. And what they dug for and what they got. And in 10 years, how much of evil they done in the compound of Al-Aqsa. It's a very long story, but the crux of it is they were known as Templar Knights. Knight Templars, Templar Knights. They were the agents of the devil. Direct agents of the devil. Taking instruction directly. They knew why they there, what they had to do, everything. One of their symbols, their main symbol, was two people riding on a horse. The main symbol, perhaps today they still have it. The main symbol was two men riding on one horse. And what that symbol meant, loudly they would say that we are a nation that does not like to get involved with women. Which meant that we so clean, we don't marry. But what was their real story is we are a nation where man for man, woman for woman, two men must be on the same animal means that your progress in life will only be if a man is with a man. So I said to him, what you see now, this is the fundamental principle of the Freemason Illuminati group. You want to enter this group, this is the law. I said, whoever in your country, at that time it was UK, I said, whoever in your country is famous, perhaps 70% of them are same sex. He was amazed. I said, a time will come where you will see that the sports players who you love, 
they will also say I am. That movie stars who you love, they will also announce I am. There's nothing wrong. I am married to her. And he will say I am married to him. I said at the moment they're not saying it doesn't mean they're not it. They're just waiting for the right time. <coughs> in the last three, four years it started happening. Where in the news they would just make an announcement. And they would see then what is the reaction. Now what we're going through where they made the rainbow attack. This is just now the opening of it. So many parents are scared, what will happen to my child in school? One father phoned me today to ask. He said, must I leave my country because my child is 11, my child is 13. So one answer that I gave him is, the child that's already 13, 11, to a great extent Allah has saved him. Because he's already of that age, where he himself tells his father, you know that girl, She's kissing the other girl. The fact that he tells his father that there means he knows it's wrong. So I said to him, your child to a great extent, inshallah, will be saved. He's not going to attack everyone. But the devil will come looking for the two and three and four year old child. In the schools, the devil wants that the child who reaches the age of 10 must see a boy kissing another boy. And he must not feel bad about it at all. So that won't happen with someone little big. It will happen with the young child. The one whose child is entering the school, he has to be shivering at the moment. Can we run away from it? So we will read this to explain how Allah made people grow up in it. In the house of the Pharaoh of Fir'aun, Musa salam grew up. In the house of Fir'aun, Musa salam grew up. If a father and a mother can make a proper effort on their child, whatever the devil spits out, in that very environment that child can come out. What Sheikh Mahmoud at that time saw, and the bayanat he gave, and how he tried to warn people. And how Allah changed things on his hands. If today you go in Turkey, you will see they coming out of dirt and going to the masjid. And if you come to our countries, unfortunately you might see many from the masajid are going into dirt. He made a change. On his passing away today, by Allah, there is no gap. Almighty Allah has a system, if one great friend of Allah goes, another one takes his place. Who knows whether that other one might be in Europe, he might be in Africa, he might be in South Africa, he might even be from Benoni itself. It got to do with the dua of a father, with the cry of a mother. So regarding Sheikh Mahmoud Afandi, I had written a book many years ago, it was called, at that time I had visited Istanbul, so I made little research when I came back. I wrote a book which was called The Glimpse of an Islamic Awakening. And by Allah's fadl, we're seeing that Islamic awakening there. May Allah make it, we see it here also. It can't happen, we go backwards. And the people who are right in the dump, they're coming up. Their women are now reading 20 rakats tarawih. 
I visited now in Ramadan. As we were coming out of my the masjid, my one friend said, look at that girl. So the first thing I said, don't look. But what was amazing in is you see a woman with no scarf. She's coming out of the masjid the same time we coming out. So it means she stayed for 20 rakats tarawih. What made a woman who never was sky in her life? She was not running out of the masjid after four rakats. She and her husband, both of them looking as modern as you can imagine. Something came in their heart that when they heard there will be Quran being read in the masjid, 20 rakats for a person who never read salah when they were young. 20 rakats is not easy. Something has made that they came to the masjid. We made salah in that masjid which is called the Hagar Sufiya. It was closed for... From the time Mustafa Kamal took over. From the time Mustafa Kamal took over Tarawi Salah. First salah was never performed in this. He made it into a museum. A few years ago they changed it into a masjid but then COVID came. This was the first Ramadan. The first Ramadan that Tarawi took place in this masjid. On that first night, if you understand how close this masjid is to a very big masjid. On that first night, the entire masjid was filled. A few days where you will say, now people start getting tired. We saw a half masjid. That half masjid is not the size of this masjid. It's a massive masjid. For half masjid to be full, after eight rakats where we became so used to it, that in our masajid, if you day at the back also, after eight rakats, you get placed right in the front. You already see after four rakats, the man's legs are paining. And after eight rakats, he's just waiting, who's standing up first? One guy stands like all walk. And many of them will go outside the masjid and remain there till the end. And if you ask them, would you have died? It's only one month, 20 rakats. They don't know why. What's pushing them out of the masjid? And here we found that a group that never performed one rakat, they are now stuck to the masjid for the full 20 rakats. If that imam continues making zikr after that, they'll continue making zikr. They are moving in what a wonderful direction of may Allah make it, we don't go backwards. He grew up in a very difficult time. His father was the muaddin of the masjid. He was a farmer. So the first is every father and mother will say, I wish my son can change the world. But you'll have to be the father and the mother also to become the father of the child. Although his farm was far from the masjid, he would never hesitate in his duty. This is the father. Without fail, he would go to the masjid, call the adhan and lead the salah. He was the muaddin and he was the imam. In these villages, it's like that. His mother Fatima was very careful and diligent about the rights of her neighbors. She was so careful, she had to take the cows to the meadows to graze. On some occasions, she saw that the cow ate grass. Of an egg, cow ate grass. She became so worried that she went to the owner of that land to say that my cow ate the grass of your land. Will you make it halal for me? 
هو الامر We living in the country of South Africa which is called everyone steal, meaning follow your leader. How much they steal, just take what you want. She could not see grass. She said, will you make it halal? Then she made sure the milk that was taken that day was sent to those. Then she would make an effort when taking her cows in the meadow, she would tie their mouths. She would try to put some scarf there to prevent them going and eat so much. Still you would get that cow who would manage to move it, eat. She would go back to the neighbors. The people knew her that she comes to ask, will you make grass halal for me? So much of When a mother has so much of worry of halal, then you're going to expect to be the mother of the giant of tomorrow. There was a long time where they were waiting for children. Every time she fell pregnant, she would have a miscarriage. Or if the child was born, very shortly after, the child would pass away. Many a time when we visit families and someone passed away, we mention this. That remember if your child was taken at a very young age away from you. Perhaps it is because Allah wants to give you another one in its place. And the second has to be so unique that Allah wanted you to pay for him. How you will pay, you will have to pay with tears, you will have to pay with sabr, you will have to pay with patience. And because me and you, we don't know how to cry. So Almighty Allah, sometimes He brings about scenes where we have to cry. Perhaps the child is taken away from you when you are saying why the child went. And then people say, make sabr. This mother and father made a lot of sabr. It was not one child, it was not two child. She had miscarriages and she lost a lot of children. The father after every salah would still make dua to Allah. They say actually after every adhan, he was the muazzin. After every adhan he would say, Allah, one child, one child. The mother would cry and cry. Every time she had a hope of a child, the child was gone. And then she has the dream. In the dream she sees that the moon is coming down from the sky. The moon lands on her lap and then the moon lightens up the world. This was that moon. The moon from the sky, the moon lands on her lap and then the moon lights up the world. After that, Sheikh Mahmoud Afendi was born. His father took him to the great alim of the area. The name of that alim was Kal Umar Mahmoud Afendi. He was a very wise man and a very great man. So the father put the boy in, him, in his lap. And then he made this dua. He said, Allah make his name the same like my name. That's why he was called Mahmud, Afandi. He said, make his name the same like my name. Afandi means Sheikh. So in that it was already, I am a Sheikh, he will be a Sheikh. Make his name the same like my name. Grant him the wisdom what you have granted me. And then he said, and Allah, that level of taqwa that you gave me, grant him much, much more than that also. This was the dua what this boy was given. My name, his name. My wisdom, his wisdom. And his taqwa must be much more than mine. Through the barakah of this man's dua, and Allah tabarakallah's nazar, at the age of six, under the supervision of his mother and father, he completed the memorization of the Qur'an. I'll explain while we are speaking about the surah. 
that what do we need for our children to manage this era? Age of six, he completed the Quran. From that time on, he was punctual not only with his faraiz, not only with his wajib and sunan, but even with his nawafil. He became so punctual that for him to miss out the task of we call Salatul Duha, it was impossible in his life. But when he was, he was at the time where people laughed at the beard. It was at a time when madrasas were closed. But his parents could make such an impact on that boy that he could not must forget his farz and his wajibat, even his nafal. It means everything is possible. What ta'aleem and what dua, what a little worry. We can be in the house of the Pharaoh, Pharaoh. South Africa can open up all its evil. America can open up all. Britain can open up all. But if Allah tabarakullah wants, the moon will shine from these very lamps. At the age of six, he became punctual with faraiz, with wajibat, even his nafal. At the age of 16, he graduated as an alim, and thereafter he joined the military. While he was in the military, he had dreams, and he was shown a very great sheikh you are being handed over to. Allah tabarakullah then made the time came where that sheikh one day came to the masjid, he looked. For him it is, this is the man I have seen in my dream. And thereafter he went and he took bayat. The sheikh himself was inspired by Almighty Allah that this boy has a very great future. Because of which his sheikh, who was known as Sheikh Ali Haider. Sheikh Ali Haider had so much of interest in Sheikh Mahmoud. That he would want, one time he said, if I had a hundred, hundred children, I would sacrifice all of my children for this one boy. Normally who will say it? He said, my children are not through my progeny, but it is the one who will follow my path. He said, this is my child. I would have sacrificed a hundred of my children for him. Once he was informed that Mahmoud is studying till very late in the night, studying, 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 will you not stop him? He said, oh my son Mahmoud, study, 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 study hard. Because in the future you will not find any time to read books. And that's exactly what happened. Allah made this man such a murders of Hidayah that around him would be thousands. Just everyone just wants to make salam to him. Forget salam, even if they had to make announcements in recent years, they would make an announcement, they will bring him to the balcony on a certain day. Just to see him, thousands would gather in the air. From far they would see his face and they would say the journey was worth it. Just to see him was itself for them an honor. I saw the shaykh. So he said, study hard now because the time will come where you will find no time to read books. After taking bed, Allah Tawarukala blessed him with eight years. Eight years in the company of his shaykh. After which his shaykh said, I have transferred whatever was within me into you now. And now this light is going to spread. And Allah made it after the death of his chef. He began implementing. Very fast you will go through this. He looked at Turkey and how we are going to change the situation of Turkey. So he put his emphasis on a few things. Number one, people would invite him for bayanat. 
lectures. He would make a law, you must promise me when I'll come there, one madrasa will open. He said, even if the madrasa is a small, what you call a chicken coop, where you put your chickens, he said, I'm not worried how small the madrasa is, but you tell me two madrasas will open, one madrasa for boys, in which men must teach boys, and one madrasa for girls, in which females must teach girls. Listen to this. It was at a time when there was absolutely no chance of Islam. At a time when there was no chance of Islam in the land of Turkey. At that time we would normally say have one madrasa, one madrasa. For girls and boys. He was so against the system. He said no. The boy who's teaching boys, that alim I want him to teach his wife. And once he teaches her whatever he taught her, she must teach the girls. They were also at that time telling that, will harm come like if a man has to teach girls? There had to be something that he was seeing, that he did not like the system. If in a madrasa he could not see a man teaching a girl, then don't talk about how he was crying when he heard of in schools men are teaching girls. Allah make this country and around. In recent times we have heard many sad stories because we are in the madrasa environment. And at the moment we have entered a level of immodesty open. Modesty has gone out of the window. Modesty has gone out. Even if a girl writes to her chef, in the beginning time she'll put a heart there also, meaning I love you. If that sheikh replies, then I also love you, my dear, finished. They won't need murids, they'll be making murids. It's happening. Where we had examples where from another country we had to get involved with the principal becoming involved with the students. And then the town becomes shocked at how could he do what he did. But when you speak to the parents, you say, how could you allow your daughter to sit in front of a man? He says, but Sheikh, he told he used to call her my angel. He used to call her my angel. Obviously, he'll call her his angel. That word, my angel, itself is supposed to say that. How can you call a girl your angel? There is no modesty left. At such a time, let us take lesson from Sheikh Mahmoud Afandi. As quick as possible. In the schools, women must teach girls. Men must teach boys. And in our madrasas, in our darulurums, in our madrasas, meaning our maktabs, Allah has given us lots. Whenever there's a problem, we say no money. Whenever the masjid is getting built, we say lot money. Sometimes that masjid amount cut it a little and employ more teachers. It can never be said in the maktab, we got a shortage of teachers. So Maulana must teach the girls also. He cannot. When we're reading in the newspapers nowadays when a man is raping a young girl and we also shake our heads, Allah save us. It must never come in the newspapers that the alim of a certain town raped his students. 
But for it not to happen, we mustn't allow the door to open. At his time, he said, I want two madrasas, you promised me, boys for boys, girls for girls. If at any time there was a need, one madrasa, they would say, Turkey. There's no madrasa in Turkey. He said, I will not let a man teach a girl. I will not let a man teach a girl. Allah inspires, make arrangements, open up girls' madrasas, but let women be teaching women. Let men be teaching men. Allah inspires all. If a girl wants to send a message, I am speaking to ulama, I am speaking to muftis, I am speaking to the normal people. We are living in times where a girl sends a message to a mufti. A girl sends a message to a mufti asking regarding her period. Someone might say, how can you be so loud about these things in the masjid? We are saying it because we don't want the time to come where the same shaitan makes that great alim involved in haram. Then that same shaitan lets it get leaked out. One shaitan behind the whole thing. Understand it. Poor president of the country, one shaitan made him steal. Same shaitan made him get caught also. Same shaitan. When they want you to get finished now, the news will all come out. Now it will be story after story. This president will put his hand on his head. What happened? Like, all along they knew. They just needed to wait for the time to let it out. The devil will wait for the people of Islam to get caught in haram. And he'll be so happy, make it famous. And everyone will start talking. That part, I knew he got eyes for the girls. At such a time where students, children will start not liking ulama, it will be the end of Islam. Ulama must never be disgraced. In the era of Sheikh Mahmoud, one of the efforts the government made, disgraced ulama on an open field. Everyone was laughing at ulama, mocking ulama, names for ulama. That must never ever happen anyway. Disrespect for ulama when it enters the heart. It is the system of Allah and knowledge will leave that progeny. Disrespect for ulama when it enters the heart. Even if the alim is someone you were told that don't follow that alim. That alim must then be regarded as a Qur'an that got a few mistakes in it. The most you can do is kiss it and put it in a shelf and say, but you are Qur'an in the end of the day. You have no right to take that and throw it on the ground because in it is the word of Allah. That person who Allah allowed to take in his heart knowledge even if you don't agree with him, don't ever make the mistake of abusing him. You show disrespect to an alim, Allah will take knowledge out of your progeny. You show respect to an alim. I remember the time when my father was young. There was not a time where I stopped to give a lift to the alim to the masjid, except that my father made sure he gets out of the car. He said, Morana, you will sit in the front. I would say such a big story. Every time you're stopping, you're jumping out, jumping in the back. He could not sit in front of the alim. So disrespect to ulama, knowledge will leave your families.
show respect to ulama don't ever let the tongue ever let the tongue say one thing bad of an alim and allah will bring knowledge in your family in his time ulama were mocked so what we were saying is the devil will love that ulama be mocked don't make that arrangements where a girl has to send messages to a mufti she must have another girl who did iftar and she must say i'll send my questions to her woman must answer to woman men must answer to men allah make that arrangements and if ever a girl for some reason has to correspond with an alim with a mufti with a person then so much of precaution must be taken so much of precaution you will read his words when he would speak to people they would say to him you're overdoing it he would say he would speak to people it was the time there was no thought of hijab parda people would get married the girl who gets married the whole family is her brothers at that time he started saying it's not permissible for you to look at your sister in law people said to him you're making a big issue this is my sister he said you can say what you want but you are waging war with the decision of allah was his words he said you are waging war with the decision of allah he said you asking me why you can't look at your sister in law he said i am telling you it's because allah wants it like that he said i don't know why allah wants it like that he said don't wage war with allah then he would say and don't ever trust yourself at that time he said what immodesty has reached the levels today it's not far from everyone we have reached the time no one can ever say hazrat shah hakim mohammed akhtar sahab would read jo tu karta tha chupke ahle jahan se what you do when hiding from the people of the world koi dekh raha hai aasman se then remember allah is watching today me and you all know our secrets everyone knows when they pressing delete everyone knows what they watching when the wife is not around no one can ever say you know me i'm good i can trust myself he said it at a time where the phone wasn't out he said don't ever trust yourself allah allow us to be inspired by his teachings one is he said madrasas at least one madrasa for the girl one madrasa for the boys girls teaching girls men teaching men teaching boys and women teaching girls the second he said the work of tabligh to a great extent in south africa that is happening he would put lot of emphasis he would say what's the benefit of these madrasas i'm opening if there's no one going to the people and pulling them out from the fire of jahannam allah's kindness the work of tabligh reached our countries let us not become lax in it we saw the time when we were enjoying our ijtimas and said what big ijtimas but the devil is also hard at work you want our children to enjoy in islam as the effort of the devil increases our effort has to also increase we can't just say very good tabligh is taking place but when someone asks what about me you say no lot people are doing it lot are not doing it there's a need for much more to be doing when we speaking about problems then allah also showed us solutions he established these solutions 
and when he took his jamaat for umrah he showed the world his results in a land where no one girls were not wearing trousers he created girls who would not let their abaya come out where people were mocking the beard he created children who said i want the imama on my head we can also get those results one is madrasas number two is the work of tabligh number three this was a cry of his which we are living in a time where people say but what's the alternative show us the alternative we ourselves don't know what the alternative is but allah has blessed us all when people wanted to make money how they put up when we see how they doing business how they learned how to do it when people ask what's the alternatives for schools we also don't know still but we asking the people everyone has to think that the schooling system is not ours it is a forced education on our boys and girls where in many quarters it says don't send your girls to school today we are saying even don't send boys to school because when we meeting them later on some of them come to us and they are so atheistic in mind the question they asking is not about wuzu and salah they are asking questions about iman it's hard to say to that father or to that woman that you know your husband at the moment is not a muslim i hope i can make him a muslim what made them there was a sentence of his in his era he saw what the turkish schools had done to the girls and boys and especially for girls how their modesty was being taken so one sentence of his was he would say for a man and a woman who are not mahram to be close in close contact with each other is like fire and gunpowder for a man and a woman who are not mahram allah open our ears it means number one in the schools allah open our hearts it means in the shops there was a time when this phone wasn't there there was a lot more modesty when this phone came modesty went out of the window if you grew up knowing the secretary must be a sweet tall bright light pretty face then you putting yourself in the fire he said it is like fire and gunpowder they will burn each other they will burn each other you are going to be with that pretty face how many days if you have to get a secretary if you have to get a secretary and she has to be a female then allah inspire all go and look for someone who looks like your granny even then islam will still say it's not like even then islam also i remember we traveled to one town hazrat maulana abdul hamid sahab dahmat barakatu was resting so breakfast took place after breakfast i said maulana you can go to ghusl get ready for juma so the house behind we said no one's in the house so hazrat maulana proceeded to the house he came back he said no there is someone in the house so the man said no there's no one there my family are all here 
Now I said, no, someone's in the house. He said, no, that's the domestic. She's just cleaning up. Maulana said that it's not allowed for me to be in a place where there's a woman. So the man said, Maulana is the domestic. So then Hazrat Maulana said that the command of Allah is more important. He said, let her finish her work and come out. That man was like shocked. So much they held on to it. That when Allah said no, the answer is no. I won't ask questions and I won't say who's there. When Allah said no, I'll delay my ghusl, no problem. Let her finish and come out. Allah inspires if we can walk a road which is little tight. We won't fall off the edges. Your mother says to you, quickly, quickly, your sister-in-law needs to go to the shops. Quickly take her. Immediately you must say, I can't travel with my sister. Tell your brother join me. Or bring somebody else in the car, at least two men. Then even if she's in Parda, she's allowed these two men now. She can come drop off. But one man alone with one. One man alone. My daughter has to go to school. Price of petrol, very expensive. So suddenly now the next door neighbor said, you know, my son going, your daughter going. Both of them are goodies, half is she's half is up. The most they will don't talk, they'll make tilawat to each other. They can do their door in the car. Will it ever happen? Will it happen? He said, you're going to put fire and gunpowder together, they will burn each other. The first collapse of the Bani Israel began as a result of women mixing freely with men. He said, a married man should never let his brother look at his wife. And he too should never look at his brother's wife. He said, what are you going to get offended for? Because people have said, he'll get offended. I'm not showing him my wife. He said, what must he get offended? He said, worry about preserving Islam. What benefit will they gain by viewing each other's wives? He says, many are slandering us because of this. In actual fact, they are waging a war against Almighty Allah. He said, we will behave in accordance to the commands of Almighty Allah. He said, why is it that when we get married, we're getting married like Muslims, meaning we come into the masjid, but then we prefer to love like the ones in the jungle. He said, people are telling me, why can I not look at my brother's wife? I am his brother, so she's my sister. He said, you cannot because Almighty Allah desires it like this. Meaning Allah wants it. We must protect the Sharia. None should ever be sure of themselves. He said, the warning of Rasulullah is clear. The husband's sister-in-law and the wife's brother-in-law is get. Meaning keep far. Don't bring up on problems. Hazrat Mahmood would always speak out against co-education. Men teaching women, women teaching men. He said, the most important causes of degeneration in the Islamic way of life is co-education and television. With regards to sending girls to schools and universities, he would say, if they gave me the whole world with its earthly luxuries, provided that I send my daughter to school for one hour, I swear by Allah that I will never send her. 
These places are scorpion dens and brothels. In pre-Islamic times, people would bury their daughters alive. He said, at least those girls could be called martyrs. Today, girls are being sent to school and they are being burnt alive in the school, meaning they are being pushed into the fire of Jahannam. He says, they die near and they are not going to be called martyrs by Almighty Allah. May Allah protect them, he would say. And like this, a lot of unique advices he gave. He put a lot of stress in his time that everyone should try now to start again looking in such an attire. Remember he saw the time where there was Gurkha and there was Kurta. And then he saw the government pull it all away. He saw it. So he used to beg the people, put it back on. So at that time the people would say, nothing to do with clothing, my Islam is in my heart. I'm very clean in the heart, this is just like casual. I like this clothing, why when I go Woolworths, I don't find kurta. So why masala? This is like nice jeans, skippers, at that time. So it was a unique sentence that he said. He observed, he observed that making concession from Islamic customs and the sunnah, leads people to live in the same way as disbelievers. He would say we must not resemble the disbelievers. Imitating them is like hanging onto a rotten branch from which one very soon is going to tumble down. What gain have we achieved by imitating them? We are only disgraced under their feet and it has created a rift between Almighty Allah and us. Then he would say, it is true that a Muslim does not become a disbeliever if his appearance resembles theirs. But be careful, these are important matters. Whose clothes are you wearing and who do you resemble? If you have anything that belongs to the disbelievers on you, even if it is as little as a finger, he says, is it not indicating that you like them? Allah the Exalted gave you an Islamic attire. He said, why are you still preferring the English style clothing? How long will you go on playing with your honor? When will you switch back to your Islamic style? This was his cry. And because he made that cry, and you can understand at that time, what we will say, he got a lot of flack for it. A lot of people mocked at him, a lot of people taunted, a lot of people said you are from an age which is long before. Turkey was moving very fast and he was speaking the entire opposite. And the result was that many of those people who opposed him, they have gone to their graves and when they died, no one in the world even spoke about them. And when this individual died, his name is around the whole world. He sacrificed his honor for Allah. Allah made his name live forever. Where he passed away, where he is being mentioned, who will continue taking inspiration from this individual? May Allah tawarukala let what my reading time has already gone. I will make a very quick translation of the surah. Inshallah in about 10 minutes we will try and end the program.
May Allah Tabarukala make his demise a source of inspiration for us all. May Allah Tabarukala, he got no gap where one friend of his has been taken away from amongst us. May Allah Tabarukala create the next friend. And may Allah create within every one of us that jazbah, that our deen must be looked after. We don't have to say what are they bringing in the schools. They are going to bring it. They already got their horse with two people riding, two men. They wanted it from the time Al-Aqsa went the first time to the Christians, what we call the Crusades. They waited for so many years to bring it in the open market. They love the stock, evil, immodesty, full dirt. They will bring it in the schools, they'll bring it on the internet, they will bring it on television, they will bring it in the metaverse. One is we can continue crying and say, what is happening, what's going to happen? And the other is we can also make our own efforts. We look after ourselves. If there was no Islamic hijab in our lives, let's bring it alive. Even if you say, I saw my sister-in-law enough times. I saw her so many times. If tomorrow I say, sister, from tomorrow I can't see you. She say, what is there left to see? You looked at me so many times. You say, it's the command of Allah that has to come alive in our house. It got nothing to do whether you're smart or you're not smart. Many a time the sister-in-law always says, me, I'm old already. They all say they're old. But when they put on their makeup, they look younger than their daughters also. So no one looks old. No one. Bring Islamic hijab back in our families. Separate the men and the women. We must do the separation. Create classes for the girls. Create classes for the boys. And we make an effort that if our children have to be educated, if they have to learn language, if they have to learn sciences, if they have to learn maths, we make an effort that we in charge of it. That we will teach them as we want to teach them. We don't want anyone else to tell my child how to think. To tell my child who invented what. We don't want anyone just because they say we will keep their time. Why do you think they're making laws that we will ensure that the children will go to school? Do you think they're really so worried about my and your child getting a job? In this country, three quarters don't have jobs. They're not worried of them. You rather get food to the man who's old. They're worried of the child that if he doesn't get education, he won't get a job. But so many got that education, they never got jobs. They're all in debt. So we're not saying they must not study. Allah inspires someone. We create a system where we can pull our children out of the den of the devil and we can keep them in our own environments. We can bring upon that system again. In Islamic circles, the biggest and highest education was taught. The best masters of maths were created. The masters of science were created. In the schooling system, what they teach over a period of seven hours. In an Islamic system, you can teach that entire thing in a period of two hours. After that, there'll be another five hours left for your child's young mind. In that five hours, you can teach him Islam. We entered a system where we were very happy. The school is many hours. Maktab is little hours. Results were being brought. Perhaps the Morana was happy also. I only have to work two hours in the afternoon. I can sleep in the morning. But that time has come to an end now. Now we have to change that whole thing. We are so scared that give the school even only two hours. And that two hours is sufficient to poison the child. We need to change our whole system. And Allah creates people. 
they look at what's happening, they look what's coming in the syllabus, they read it, and they say, there's no way my child is ever going to read this. And then the people say, so what are you going to do about it? And if a man wants to do something, Allah then inspires miracles that happened on the hands of a few individuals. May Allah allow those miracles to happen with us. As for the surah, time is up. I will ask Hafizah who read the surah, he will read it one more time. In the surah, Allah speaks about Qiyamah. The beginning verses is when it will happen, when the skies will split, when the stars will fall to the ground, when the ocean will split and water will be going everywhere. In Qiyamah, first that I want you all to pay attention. And this is this lesson that I am going to mention. When people are asking what's the way for our children for tomorrow, until now it was as long as they were reading Quran in the Maktab, and a few were memorizing Quran, becoming Hafiz of Quran, the work was getting done. Because the devil has started more, we're entering a phase where it's different. We also have to get a little more. What helped yesterday might not help today. We'll have to change the medication a little. In that medication, it's necessary for our children to know a little of the meaning of Quran. So when they're in that maktab or in that school, and you are in charge of that school, it can't happen that child since seven years in your company. You taught him little bit Arabic also, and you were very happy. I got a Muslim school, I teach Arabic. And later on you tell the child, read inna a'tayna. He reads it, you say, what it means, I don't know. I am begging the protection of the mind of a child. You'll know nursery rhymes. Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall. How much toba I made from that, I can't forget it. Why? Because it was taught to me when I was a small child. If your child has to learn the meaning of a surah when he's young, every time he will read that surah, it will clean his mind, mind from filth. Let that child in his first year learn Kul Allahu Ahad, and he also knows the meaning of it. It must be so stuck in his mind the meaning. We visited Syria. I saw a man, many. One of them I asked, that you're always listening to this nizam, always. So he said to me, you know what I saw? He said, I was a man who had people working under me. He said, today I have to drive this for you people. I'm now working for this company where a few years ago I was the boss. He said, the only thing that prevents me falling in depression is when I listen to this nizam or I listen to Quran. That nizam was one nizam, same nizam is listening to. It had to do about giving your life for Allah, taking your arms for Allah, jihad fi sabilillah. That nizam was like so fast, like he said, this inspires me when I leave my house, I play this nizam, when I come back home. That time I thought, then we visited an orphanage. Those boys, what they lost, every one of them when they came to us, they were reading nizams. We understood their teachers are building the iman with the nizams of are you ready to fight for Allah? 
That boy, when he reads that nizam, then one person, they said, bring him, he reads nice Quran. When that boy read Quran, he read about فَقَالَ رَجُلٌ مُؤْمِنٌ مِنْ آلِ فِرَوْنِ That when the believer in the family of Firaun stood up and spoke, and he spoke to Firaun, when the boy was reading it, it was like he wants to say, because they all know Bashar al-Asad. When they hear the name Bashar, they hand go like this. I wish I can kill you. When he was reading that, oh Firaun, that today you got power, who's going to be there for you tomorrow? When that boy was reading it, you could see like his whole face wants to cry. Then I said, see the power of Quran. He doesn't need a teacher to tell him, don't worry. He doesn't need what we have in today, I need to go to the psychiatrist. And now it's a Muslim psychiatrist. And even worse, Allah save us all. The worst that is happening, I am hearing about men who are in depression. And their wife is booking for them an appointment by a female psychiatrist. That female psychiatrist could be a Muslim Apa also. So just because she's Apa, the wife says it's safe. That man told his wife, you sending me to another woman. You sending me to another woman. I'll start talking my stories to her. She'll start talking her stories to me. In the ending, we won't be in depression, you'll be in depression. How you can go there? How that woman can entertain? When this law was forgotten, that Allah's Nabi said, لا يخلونا رجل Let a man never be alone with a woman. No man will ever be alone with a woman. Illa, unless there is a mahramin. Unless there is a mahram, let no man ever be alone with a woman. He would have said, except that the devil is the other one that is there. How are they doing it? That I am alone with you, I will talk to you one hour. And then you go out and say, but nothing happens. She was so sweet. She's so pious. She looked, she had farda out on top of it. I never saw her face. Worse than not seeing the face is sometimes, worse than seeing the face is sometimes not seeing the face. Because when a man sits and looks at a woman's eyes, and then he hears her voice, and she makes so much of sense, and she tells him, hey, you know, it mustn't be like this, mustn't be like that. He never listened one day to his wife, and they say, yes, yes, yes. He knows women don't know what they say, but here he's paying her to say something. Say yes, yes, yes. Do you think nothing's going to happen? Fire will not start. But at that time, I saw the effect of this Quran. I want our children to be able to know short surahs in a manner that they know the meaning. And how I saw Syrian children able to read Quran with passion. May Allah make it our children can read Quran with passion. They must be able to answer all the poison of the devil at the age of five with verses from Quran. They must be told something in school, they must give an answer. As their journey goes, they must be making their journey with Quran. They don't have to be an alim to know the translation of Quran. 
When the devil is going to shoot, you need to put a shield. The shield is your child must love with Quran. These two verses, imagine if a child hears it and he grows up with it. وَإِذَا الْقُبُورُ بُعْثِرَتْ And on the day when the graves will be opened up, عَلِمَتْ نَفْسٌ مَّا قَدَّمَتْ وَأَخَّرَتْ Every soul will then understand what it has sent ahead, what it has left behind. You know when bullies come to you in school and they punch you, then the best we can say is, he who laughs last laughs the best. Imagine if the child can read this verse, وَإِذَا الْقُبُورُ بُعْثِرَتْ That the day the grave will be opened, you can be the boss today, you will be crying tomorrow. عَلِمَتْ نَفْسٌ مَّا قَدَّمَتْ Every man will know what he sent and what he left behind. يَا أَيُّهَا الْإِنسَانِ Allah Tawarukullah says, O man, مَا غَرَّكَ بِرَبِّكَ الْكَرِيمِ What has made you in deception regarding your most kind? This verse, a child who can read it, a girl who can read it, she'll read it a few times. Then her mother will not need to tell her, my daughter, put on a scarf. The world will say to her, take out your scarf, and her answer will be, ma gharraka bi rabbikal kareem. What has put you in doubt regarding your Allah who is so kind? Just because he's not punishing you tomorrow, you think you can do what you want with Allah. Then Allah Tabarukala speaks of the day of Qiyamah, and how the surah ends. إِنَّ الْأَبْرَارَ لَفِي نَعِيمٍ The pious will be in enjoyment. وَإِنَّ الْفُجَّارَ Sinners will be in the fire. يَسْلَوْنَهَا يَوْمَ الدِّينَ On that day they will have to go into the fire. They will not be kept away from it. And I want you now to remember this last two verses. Those were the two I said. When the grave will be opened, everyone will know what he had sent, what he left behind. O man, what has put you in deception with your kind Allah? مَا غَرَّكَ بِرَبِّكَ الْكَرِيمِ وَمَا أَدْرَاكَ مَا يَوْمُ الدِّينِ That how will I explain to you what is the day of Qiyamah? Think of this. Look at the translation. وَمَا أَدْرَاكَ What will be able to explain to you what is the day? ثُمَّ ثُمَّ means how will I do it? How will anything be able to make you understand what is that day? It will be a day where no person will be able to do anything for the next person. You want someone to just scratch you in the back? There's no one to scratch. You want person to give you a hand, pull me up. There's no one. The matter on that day will only, only, only be for Allah. If me and you can live Quran, then when haram will come in front, we will also read, What will ever explain to you what is Qiyam? And immediately the man says, I'd rather make sabr today instead of having to make sabr tomorrow. May Allah Tabarakala bless us through the life of this great wali of Allah who passed away, through the barakah of Quran, may Allah look after the iman of every one of us.